Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> and just like that, we are into the second hour. This is the Barbecue Central Show. We are talking about live fire barbecue, grilling-related stuff, all the news that's happening in the industry. If it has something to do with cooking or machinery or ancillary items within the live fire industry, we're going to cover it here. Think of it as the ESPN of sports, but for the live fire community. That's what we do here. It airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. We're also streaming to various platforms that I'll tell you about here in a second. And we're also recording for podcast posterity for for perpetuity. In perpetuity? One of those. Still to come to the show tonight, John and John McLemore, or John and John 2 McLemore, depending on how you know them. Former owners over at Masterbuilt Cookers. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch slash RD Rempe on YouTube. I would say that we're live on Clubhouse, but I didn't fire it up this week. Totally forgot about it. So we are not. Andrew, you are not. On Clubhouse. That's my bad. I hate when people say that. That's my error. I. I don't know. I put together the newsletter. I did the same routine, just like I do every evening here. Um, last evening when I write everything out and then set it to release whenever I do noon, I usually put together the clubhouse room and I just totally spaced on it. Didn't even think about it. That's my bad. I said it again. That's my error. I apologize. So if you're looking to get on clubhouse, that's not happening because I'm not going to take even 30 seconds to do a hastily put-together clubhouse so you can listen to this. I'll try and do better next week. That's my promise to you. You can also get an ad-free podcast feed experience one of two ways. You can become a patron over on the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Show, or you can subscribe right there through the Apple Podcasts app if that's how you get podcasts. There's a little banner on there. Click on that, subscribe, and away you go. Or just get it the way it is. You've gotten it for the last 14 years live and two years plus that. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 219, if you can believe it, March 15th, 2016, is when this show aired. My guess this time around were the co-pit masters of a team called Los, Los, Los Slow Cookers. That, at the time, was made up of Wade Carpenter and Luis Fernandez. They were on quite a hot streak in Texas back in 2016. I believe they had strung two grand championships together, and they were big fans of the show. And At the time, now this was six years ago, they had quite a audio setup. They had real microphones. It was Although one of the guys sounded really crappy right off the bat, so they actually had to do the microphone passing back and forth, so I think one one might have been on the fritz, but we did a big sound check in advance, and there was a lot of great things that were going on there. So uh, six years ago, making audio strides, some of my guests were, not like the demand that I make of my guests nowadays, but it's nice to see that even all the way back then, some folks cared about the sound and the look, and I think you'll enjoy that conversation that will show up in the feed on this coming Friday. And don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment that might have been lost in the archives, you would just like to hear again, Email John, the executive producer of the show. Let him know what you would like to hear. Maybe reference a guest or a particular time or something that he can key around, and then he'll do his best to meet your expectation. And his email is j-o-n-john at thebbqcentralshow.com. Now, many of you 
asked me over the course of the week through direct message and emails, some of you text messages that know me like that, and wondered if I took Sam the cooking guy up on his offer to call him after the show to get the inside scoop on this new cooker he alluded to last Tuesday. And the answer is yes, I did. I called him to try and take him up on that. I don't know if it was an offer or if he was just throwing it out there, whatever. He put it out there. I latched onto it immediately the next day. I called him and said, hey, I'm calling for my secret update. And while I thought we were really great pals, he completely stonewalled me. I asked the same question 40 different ways. I used all the sales techniques and mediating techniques and hostage techniques to coax some information out of him, at least who it might be or how it was fueled. And he rebuffed me at every turn talking about, look, I want to tell you, but I signed these NDAs, other such legal nonsense. So eventually I relented. However, this does not change the fact that whoever this company is has missed out on hyping this cooker on the really big Barbecue Central show. How big of a flaw is that? And I know, I know, Rempy, sour grapes much? Yes, much sour grapes. You do realize that before last year, when semi-famous Dave Anderson blew his load all over our collective faces right before the 2021 Hall of Fame announcements, Barbecue Hall of Fame announcements, that the Barbecue Hall of Fame folks came on the show to announce the Hall of Fame class for that year exclusively before anybody else knew it. They could have leaked it out. Hall of Fame could have leaked it out to news media. They could have just put it on their own websites, their own social channels in advance of the show. They kept it very tight to the vest. They come on. We want to do this exclusive. We want you to have the first right and have it announced over your show because that's how much we think of it. That speaks volumes. So come on, grill or smoker maker, wise up. Get with the smoke show. How dare you? How dare you? You could even come on. We could do a segment. Guy the cooking, Sam, saying it's the outdoor gas oven. Relax. Well, I know it's not that. I saw the release for that one. There was no NDA. They were inviting everybody to come look at that thing. I think it was called the cruise from Charbroil. Which, by the way, I've, by the way, I've reached out to the folks at Charbroil's countless times to have them come on and talk about this, which leads me to believe that uh, this is purely speculation. Maybe they've run into some kind of issue with manufacturing or deliverability or parts. I know I'm running into a part situation on a daily basis with the truck side of things. I don't know how much in common parts trucks and grills are sharing, but I would imagine there's a few. There's electronics and trucks. There's electronics and grills now. So that's troubling on its own. But I know it's not that because I saw that being unveiled. I knew all about it. I was invited. This one is being kept under mega wraps. I've touched base with top men in the industry and top women in the industry and said, hey, do you know of anything new coming out at the end of the month? These are pretty connected people. And to a person, they said, we do not. Andrew, you are not. Know anything about anything. They don't know anything about anything. So now I just have to bide my time and wait it out here for the next 28 days until I tune in to Sam the Cooking Guy's video on that day to see who's bringing out a new cooker. Certainly we could guess, but without getting confirmation, why bother guessing? It's no fun. I have an idea. I'll say it like that. I have an idea of who it might be given some new new um 
it's not a promo for anything specifically cooker related, but it's promoing the brand. So that's making my hair stand up on end, but I'm not going to put out any names because I don't want to be wrong and then just be given unmerciful poundings by the centralites about how wrong I am again. Quick update, by the way, on Ronnie Lott's Twitter search. I mentioned that last week because he was on the best of show. I saw him on Instagram and I asked if he is not on Twitter anymore and he did confirm and I quote, I removed myself from that communist platform. So if you want to get in contact with me, get at me on my Instagram. That from Ronnie Lotz. Also, while this won't matter to most of you, if you're located in or around Cleveland and you have access to the Heinen's chain of grocery stores, make sure you visit the meat counter because they have really amped up the level of their expectation at the meat counter. They are now offering prime-grade ribeyes and strips. 28-day dry ribeyes. That's not enough dry age for me. But maybe for some of you. And they also have a selection of Wagyu beef. Or perhaps you say Wagyu. On a whim, I grabbed two ribeyes and a strip. They were all great. Better than anything I can get here locally and the price is competitive. Now let me be clear. Not better than what I get from my man Kevin Green at the butcher shop, but in a pinch, I can run 30 seconds up the road to my Heinen's and grab prime steaks that are great. And again, competitively priced. So well done, Heinen's. If you are nowhere near where I am locally, doesn't mean anything to you. Just trying to help out the folks that are local. All right, John and John McLemore. Are in the green room. We'll get to them here in just a second. I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grill. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip roaring hot for high temperature grilling of steaks or other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic cooker lineup? The real ability to do true two zone cooking. Two zone cooking, very important to both professional and backyard cooks. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, Getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grills and their game-changing oval design. This shape gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there are more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo cooker, so you don't have to be limited by anything other than your imagination. They have the Primo Grill rotisserie accessory. They have the pizza grill accessory they also have the half drip pan they have the rib rack accessories coming at a rapid pace also like green mountain grills only sold through dealers so go to primogrill.com that's primogrill.com find a dealer near you visit them in person check out all the sizes and then get the one you think is going to fit you best here's the bottom line best ceramics in the biz yes patented technology yes true two zone cooking capabilities multiple sizes and yes if you just have to have a round one, they have those two. But as I tell you each and every week, get the oval for Pete's sake. Break the mold. Visit primogrill.com for a dealer near you or check them out on Facebook and Instagram. That's primogrill.com. We're back with John and John McLemore, or John too, if you know him like I do. And we're ready to talk business and master built and all that stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by Smithfield. Head to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Jess Priles, and Childs Cridlin with mouthwatering flavor and no artificial ingredients. Smithfield Fresh Pork is quite simply the finest pork money can buy and is the trusted choice of top cooks for use at competitions and at home. That's smithfield.com. My guests in the second hour made their debut back on the show, middle of 2020-ish. And at that time, they were the owners of Master Build Smokers. And since then, things have changed a bit. We're going to talk about that tonight. So let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back John and John McLemore. Gents, how are we this evening? Yes, sir. Good. 
Greg, how are you, buddy? I am absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you guys making time here for the second hour. We have plenty to get to. And as I had mentioned last time, by the way, for the folks that are just listening and uh, just joining us for the first time, maybe didn't take in the first interview. Uh, if you're looking at your screen, uh, John Two, who is the younger John McLemore, is off to the left. Uh, I would say he's the guy with the beard, but guess what? Everybody's got a beard going on over there. And uh, John McLemore is the guy on the right uh, with a little bit shorter hair, but, I mean, an equally impressive beard. If I didn't know any better, you guys were like the second coming of Duck Dynasty, and maybe we're going to be talking about duck calls instead of live fire cooking here, but that kind of goes hand in hand on what I'm thinking about. So uh, we got John and John, too, joining us here this evening. So as I had mentioned in the open, guys, last time you were on, we did quite a deep dive into that background of John, the eventual entry of John Two into the business, and then we also talked quite a bit about the then new gravity feed charcoal cooker to hit the market. So before we talk about other business here this evening, as you look back over the past two years of that cooker getting introduced in the market, and with that product specifically, did it exceed sales expectations? Where did it fall? Um, I would say by far exceeded our expectations. Yeah, we were very excited about that product hitting the market, Greg. And I can tell you, um, for 50 years, Masterbuild had been in the business. We had prided ourselves on doing things in the market um, over you know the years that nobody had ever done in the industry, which is where kind of the technology from gravity fed came from and being able to put that into everybody's backyard and yeah exceeded expectations no question were you surprised it did so well or as you're putting it together do you realize you have some gold in the hand well let me let me answer that one because i actually have a a unique perspective to that because if you kind of go back to the story of the gravity series you know concept we didn't invent gravity fed technology. Right. I mean, that's been around. I'd make that right. clear. And a lot of people know that, but it's predominantly in those higher end, more expensive, custom made kind of pit master smoker style. Nobody's ever made it into a grill for one. Nobody's made it into an under thousand dollar, $2,000 product that the everyday consumer and made it simple. Um, and predominantly those are charcoal and stick burners. With that being said, I have unique kind of perspective on it because I was a little bit of an outside man looking in on that project when it first uh, sort of came to light. You know, dad was, you know, CEO of the company at the time and was really involved in that project. I was actually in another department. Um, I, I would say that it, exp- uh, it was above, uh, ex- what was the word? Expectations. Ex- it was above expectations because. He didn't graduate from school. I, I didn't. <laughs> It because exceeded expectations is what you're looking for. Exceeded. Of I couldn't yeah. think of the dang word. Uh, <laughs> it, it exceeded expectations because not that we didn't think it was a great technology or a great idea. Um, it, it hit shelves and sold so well being a new technology in a new space. Um, and the problem that you have there is convincing people uh, to buy something new. Yeah. Um, and we did that in such a relatively short amount of time. I, I thought and and that from that perspective it we we did a really good job i yeah. think so let's look at yeah, Greg, it yeah go ahead yeah well i was going to say the gravity fed products that people were cooking at at these competitions you know were 5 and 10,000 dollar grills and we had told our our engineering team at the time said look guys we're not in the trailer grill business we're not doing 10,000 dollar grills that we're going to put into these uh you know competitions if you can put this in everybody's backyard and allow this to not only smoke, but also grill, you can move forward with the project. So that's really why we decided to do the product. And um, I- I'll tell you, 50 years in the business, I still use our turkey fryer. I still use products that we've put on the market for our own personal use. And if I'm going to charcoal grill, I'm going to use a gravity. You mentioned people being able to use it in multiple ways. The traditional Mm -hmm. gravity fed, it's a stump smoker. It's a superior smoker. It's at least in this portion of the world that I'm covering, you consider gravity fed a smoker to some degree and you're changing up that game. You're adding a bunch of heat to it. You're adding the ability to do that uh, slow. If you want to do it, how much of the success would you attribute given the timeframe to the pandemic? In other words, 
people stopped going out. They start staying way more at home, cooking way more at home than they ever had in the last 20, 30 years. Some looked for other ways than just the kitchen, and they found this new love affair with live fire cooking. Yeah. I, I think um, the, the, the bold, honest truth, to, the truthful answer is everybody saw a, a bump up during the pandemic, especially in our category. I mean, yeah. so it, I, it'd be hard not to say that the whole category was up, but I would say specifically with that product, if I compared that specific product to say some of our other product lines or even some other categories within the industry, uh, we saw a tremendous uptick on that specific product. Um, I think part of that is into uh, consumers as a whole, like you said, were at home and they were doing more research. They were actually taking time. Hey, I'm not just going to go buy just a barbecue. And it's not knocking any other barbecue, but I'm going to take a little bit more time and say, I'm going to, I'm at home, I'm, I'm working from home, et cetera, whatever it is for the pandemic. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe become a little bit more of an expert, not just a novice in the barbecue space. Yeah. And people are doing, they're more educated. Um, and that, 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 that's a difference of 10 years worth of technology, not just a pandemic, to be quite honest. But yeah. the pandemic, I think, sped that up. Um, and I think people were at home and wanted to spend money and wanted to cook at home because they can't go out to eat, yeah. to your point. So. Yeah, the the numbers say that the market overall, because of the pandemic, was probably seeing about a 25% uptick. Well, we were already seeing a 25, 20 to 25% uptick. You've interviewed folks like Jeremy at, at Traeger, you've interviewed a lot of people in the industry. They would probably share the same numbers that the market overall, whether you were in grills or patio furniture or pools or anything to do to keep people at home, Greg, saw an uptick. That's right. So while we're in this you know, pandemic, um, as sad as it was, folks like us in the industry saw a tremendous you know, yeah. uptick. And when you, we're going to talk about this in a moment, I'm sure, about the acquisition and the fact that we sold our company. And um, as you're going through an acquisition right in the middle of a pandemic, people were talking about the COVID bump. Yeah. And can you sustain the COVID bump? So we'll talk about that when we get on the acquisition <laughs> side of things. The Gravity Feed unit has some technology on it. We had spoken about that when we were on a couple of years ago. There's an app, there's Wi-Fi, you can control grill temps, get internal readings, etc. And I'm curious, as we sit here in March of 2022, there's a ruling that's going to be coming down from the ITC. Uh, this is in regards to a lawsuit between Traeger and Green Mountain Grill on or before the 6th of next month that either overturns a patent infringement against Green Mountain Grills or if the ruling's affirmed, Traeger wins. Green Mountain Grill probably goes directly out of business due to the remedy amount that Traeger's seeking Green Mountain Grill to pay. As you are now outsiders looking in to a certain degree and experts in the live fire field, if the ruling's affirmed and other companies have tech like Green Mountain Grill that isn't patented, should they be worried that they're going to be lining up the hogs for slaughter here? Um, so I would say from a technology perspective, when it comes to patenting technology or software, um, I, I would say our industry is probably not quite as, I'm not going to say educated, but patenting a product, a physical product, and dad, you can speak more to this because yeah. you've patented products for 30 years, um, whether it's uh, intellectual property in terms of the physical product uh, or a design uh, patent, it's a little more cut and dry. When you're patenting software, there's a lot, a little more, more gray because two plus two equals four, but five minus one also equals four. So there's a lot of ways to get around software patents. A lot more ways, I would say, to get around software patents. So without knowing the inner depths of that specific ruling, I would say, I don't know if slaughter is the word I would use. Uh, um, and again, we're getting into a little bit of a legality you know, answer to it. I would say from my personal uh, experience and or perspective, I would say, the software side of it, it's harder per, to protect those because uh, there's a lot of a lot of ways to get around it. There's only so many ways you can build a, a physical product or a grill and yeah. get away with it. So yeah. I, I think the Green Mountain Grills and the folks that have been in business for decades don't need to be slaughtered and not be able to continue what they're sure. doing. Sure, 100% I, with that. I, I, yeah. I'm 
firm believer that you need to protect your products. I'm a firm believer in having intellectual properties. We've got them on the Gravity Series. We've got them on our turkey fryers. We've got them on our smokers. But do I think you can take technology, uh, whether software or design or something that's been out there for year after year after year and take those people down? I don't think you should be able to. Yeah. John and John 2, Macklemore, joining us here on the show. Before we talk about the Middleby acquisition, and I guess I'm a little bit, I like to think I have my finger on the pulse and I'm pretty aware of what's going on, yeah. but I'm ashamed to say that I missed this one completely when it happened. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but in 2018, did, did Masterbuilt get some kind of a, a partnership or an investment from Dominus Capital and then also... There's like a sprinkling of Kamado Joe somewhere around there. What's that whole roll-up look like? So um, Masterbuilt, 50-year business, 1973. Um, we went through several changes within our family um, from brothers to my dad to just me until 2016. And in, in September of 2016, we brought on an investment company out of New York called Dominus Capital. They bought 70% of Masterbuilt. Um, so for the first time in our family's history, we kind of relinquished control of the company. Um, we did that for a couple of years. Um, actually, in 2017, one year after the acquisition with Dominus, we bought a company called Smoke Hollow. Small acquisition. We bolted it on. Masterbuilt bought that company you know, directly. 2018, when we merged our companies with Kamado Joe, Bobby Brennan and Kerry Coker were the founders of that company. Um, Dominus Masterbuilt bought Kamado Joe. So we are two years into it since 2016, 2018. We merged those companies. And here we are, um, December of 2021. We sell the remainder of our family's percentage of shares in the company to Middleby Corporation. A uh, lot of great brands within Middleby, so I think it's going to be a great partnership there. Um, John and I being brand ambassadors of the you know Masterbuilt brand, um, super happy to be you know continuing that legacy. Yeah, uh, it's been a journey for sure. So, so we'll dig into that here over the the next handful of minutes here. So uh, I apologize if it looks like we're rehashing a little bit, but uh, <laughs> no problem. You know. In regards to that first part with Dominus, you know, had you not taken that opportunity or decided to relinquish, are there other opportunities or things that happened uh, because of that that availed themselves to you? Would you have not gotten those opportunities and continued to grow? Um, you know, I I think anytime you can bring on an investor that helps you, um continue the growth masterbuilt was on a trajectory from 2012 for four straight years we went through back to back to back to back years of doubling that's hard to sustain from a financial standpoint um incredible growth and i think the team that we had built we could have continued dominus did allow us to financially put some support behind the company to allow us to grow we were already a nationwide company we we're starting to get into a lot of other countries um, which is really what made the kamado joe acquisition a really good merge for our companies we were really really good with dominus at growing overall um, in the mass merchant world and dominus decided with our support to buy Kamado Joe, they were really good at the independent world. And the two companies together were, were able to grow in both of those categories. Um, international has, has also been a great growth trajectory for, for both of our companies. So the, the short answer is yes, because of Dominus Capital, it allowed us to put more behind the company to continue the growth mm -hmm. um but we would have had that growth anyway just yeah. easier financially I, I would say it's not a matter of is the opportunity there it's a matter of timing uh to a degree and securing the business i mean there's been a i can list off a handful of companies that have sold over the past say five to ten years especially in our industry um and and I mean, Jeremy would, would openly say this i would i would imagine at traeger would they have grown as fast had they not brought an investor 
Maybe not. But would they have continued to grow? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a great brand. They're a great product. Uh, but when you have an investor coming behind you, um, not just, you know, help you financially and, and sound you up, but go out and make other acquisitions or bring in intellectual property or bring in patents or help you do things financially. It just speeds that process up. It doesn't mean yeah. that you're not a good pro uh, you know, product or uh, brand to start with. You know, it, that makes sense. Yeah. Here, here's some advice that I can give, um, Greg, to anyone out there in our world that's trying to decide if they want to sell their company. Why do you want to sell? If you can sell to a company that can help you financially, that's good. But if you can also sell to a company of private equity or somebody that's got the the infrastructure or the other CEOs that can help you in other areas, that's a good reason. Yeah, to sometimes sell your that's knowledge, that's it's experience and other elements of the business that uh, you know, small I would say smaller business uh, businesses uh, sometimes just don't have at a finger's grasp. Yeah. So, so let's look at the love story, if you will, between Masterbuilt and Middleby. How does this sale even start? Are you guys uh, like on the QT for sale, and you're looking for buyers, or are you approached and uh, a deal is getting started, put together? Well, let me let me start that answer <laughs> as a. Uh, let me let me help your your viewers understand this from a third generation's perspective. I have a very unique uh, understanding of family business, business growth, uh, and watching a business flourish. Okay, every business is for sale, always and forever. Everything in your house, every car. There, I have a I have a truck that I cherish cherish. It has a price tag. Everything in life has a price tag. So the answer to that is always kind of yes. Is is it for sale? The answer is always yes. I mean, you had Cosmos Q, uh, Dar Darian on the other day. I mean, is there a price tag on his business? Absolutely. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing revenue-wise, but if somebody wrote you a check today, uh, I think, what was the word that you said with Darian? Uh, the F-U. F-U uh, money. The fu money, yeah. like you know what? Screw it, yeah. I'm out of here. I've that, seen, I've seen that in a movie. What movie was that in? <laughs> yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, maybe. No, oh, that was a different movie, <laughs> but <laughs> different fu. <laughs> but uh, I would say every business has a price tag. So, from my perspective, at what cost does that come? Um, and as a third generation business and coming up through that, I would say we were a little more patient considering our our history of success. And I'll let Dad answer this yeah. question from a, a technical sell perspective, yeah. but. You know, we were a little more patient with that because we valued a lot, a couple other things like culture and, you know, and team members. Not yeah. that private equity doesn't, but it definitely go through culture shocks when you sell your business. Yeah. But I'll let dad kind of take that. Yeah. How much time do I have, Greg? <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. Um, so in 2016, we were not for sale. Um, we were approached and had several companies that were looking to buy us. And at the time we were not for sale. We decided to sell to Dominus because there was a fit. It was private equity. It was a unique situation. Um, and we did have a kind of a painful process to go through as a family to sell our business. As you get into private equity as a owner of your company, you are absolutely always on the market to sell right. private That's equity right. typically is going to keep a company for three to five to seven years. Their average is seven. Um, the middle B acquisition is different. So as, as we got into 2020, 21, you know, heading into 2022 Dominus absolutely was looking to sell our company. Um, we were looking for either another private equity to buy our company or a strategic Middleby being a, a publicly traded company, a lot of very good brands, was a good strategic purchase for our company. Um, I do think that that is a really good fit for what we needed. And I think going forward, we are going to add a lot to their residential, um, you know, uh, division within the Middleby Corporation. And the best acquisition is one to where both sides are going to benefit, not just one. So I think the Middleby acquisition is going to be good. It's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. Although financially we are not um, connected to Masterbuilt anymore, we are absolutely still connected with the people, yeah. um, brand ambassadors of the brand, 
And I can continue to say that there's no other better brand in the market than Mashville. Did Middleby Express going through this process that, as you had mentioned, they were currently housing the brands like Lynx, uh, Jasper, which is, uh, Mm -hmm. I believe, a Spanish charcoal cooker that's Mm -hmm. sold commercially, a very impressive cooker. Also, the Evo flat top, which I'm completely in love with. These are higher end stuff, you know, going to the the rich people built in kitchens kind of thing. And then were they looking or did they tell you, hey, we would love to bring in something that is a little bit more attainable for the average Tom, Dick and Harry to cook on and, and add that to their portfolio then? Well, yeah, yeah. I would say kind of like what dad mentioned is, so their per se grilling and or cooking products or brands weren't per se residential like you would see sold in a, a Lowe's or a Home Depot. Uh, so I think it was uh, uh, the appetite for Middleby to get into that residential arena uh, has been there for quite some time. And I'm, I'm saying that kind of looking back now, now that the acquisition has happened, um, I think it, it's it's a beautiful partnership now because that really expands their, uh, I don't know how to, how to say it, but residential commercial, but their, their grilling uh, world product, if you will, that whole division, the division as a whole, yeah, uh, we really rounded out us master masterbuilt specifically and Kamado Joe really rounded out their residential sort of you know home and hearth, uh, Home Depot, Lowe's side to because they didn't really have a brand yeah that was uh you know sort of in that area so I think yeah. it really rounded out their their purchase yeah and what I love about the acquisition is I'm expanding my outdoor kitchen at our lake house right now. And I'm certainly going to have Masterbuilt there. I'm certainly going to have Kamado Joe there. Um, But when I get into wanting a built-in gas grill, I want a griddle, I want an oven. I'm actually in love with the Lynx brand that they have. You should Um, see the plan. You should see the plans he has for his lead. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to think about spending more money on two grills and an oven that cost more than the first home you had when you were like 20 years old. Um, But yeah, they've got some great products and i've i've got an evo yeah. and been cooking on an evo for the past yeah, we, 10 years we we've had, an, that we've had an evo at the cabin uh yeah which is the big round one that yeah. you you, oh, yeah. you actually have a bar top kind of built around it yeah um it's uh it's a really unique product yeah, it's so. cool all right so i'm gonna ask you guys to hang out here just for a couple minutes and then uh, when we come back we'll talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about business and then talk about what you guys have in store for the future here the macklemore boys joining me here on the show so stand by and We'll be right back with you. And in the meantime, I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. Designing and building all their products right here in the States. Building pride through craftsmanship. World-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family. Honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet cookers to wood-fueled offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while lasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that is rooted in the handmade products and defined the integrity of the core values, American-made quality, and endless flavor. Those are the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. You can visit Yoder Smokers at the website, yodersmokers.com. That's yodersmokers.com. And we are back with John and John 2 McLemore right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Vortic Watches. Vortic Watch Company, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique quality functional timepieces with exceptional value. And here's the coolest part. 
Each watch that Vortec makes is unique and one of a kind. Check them out at VorticWatches.com. And if you have any pocket watches in your sock drawer, they will convert those into wrist watches. That's what they do. All right. We are back with John and John 2 McLemore, uh, formerly a master built. So, guys, and uh, John 2, you had mentioned uh, Darian here a couple minutes ago. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this necessarily relates, but I wanted to ask it anyway. And you can tell me you know, what is applicable and what isn't. Uh, on the show last week, I have Darian on. We talked quite a bit about what it takes for him or what it would take for him to sell the company. One of the more interesting items we talked about was, as the seller, what would he look for in a potential buyer? And there was a lot of the buying needing to ha- or the buyer needing to have a lot of similar visions as he does. We also talked a lot about in common visualizing of where the company should be taken to in the future. We should see the same market attack in the future, all that kind of talk. So do any of those ring as hallmarks as you are also going through this final buy with Middleby? You want me to take that one? I was going to say, you take that one. You were more involved with it. (laughs) So in 2016, that was very, very, very important for us because who we were going to align with – we were going to still be in business with so because yeah, you still owned thirty yeah, percent of I that still, that into that business. That's so. right. Still own thirty percent. I was still the CEO, still the president. We still had all of our same employees. So I think for Darian at Cosmos Q or for anybody who is looking to sell their company, they've got to ask themselves the question: Are you selling to take money off the table? Are you selling to get? out because you no longer are in love with your business are you selling to grow are you selling to merge with a different brand you've got to understand and ask yourself why are you selling and for us in 2016 it wasn't just to take money off the table well because you mentioned we weren't for sale we yeah i mean not 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 for sale but we weren't looking per se not not in 2016 that's right so i think that a seller, the company, the person that owns the company has got to ask themselves the very honest question. And anybody trying to sell their company, call me because I've learned more of what not to do than what to do. I can promise you <laughs> if I had it to do over again, would I do it? Yes. Would I tweak it and do it differently? Yes. I think most people would say that. So Greg, I would say for anybody that's looking to sell, they've got to ask themselves those questions answer those questions before they look for a buyer because if all you want is the money it doesn't matter who you sell to Mm. but if you're looking for a partner if you're looking for somebody that you're going to stay in bed with and you're going to grow with you got to have somebody that is is going to align with your values Mm -hmm. and allow you to grow your company while still being in love with what you've always done and especially because i'm kind of going back to cosmos uh, i say cosmos i know darian but darian when he mentioned well am i hanging on for two years um am i buying it out, am i selling it outright you know so that to his point kind of bringing up your your question there is am i staying on board and if i am we got they got a line align with my views yeah uh, and my core values am i still owning part of it and and working for it because owning it and working for it is very different. Yeah, especially and, as a family business, two yeah. completely different things. And keep in mind, once you sell fifty point one percent, you are no longer in control. That's so, right. so somebody I've, I've had you know disappointments over the past five years. You're going to go through those ups and downs and those roller coasters, and 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 a business is like a roller coaster, but we always pay to get back on the same freaking ride. Um, and we always love the thrill, <laughs> but I would tell people, if you do not want to give up control, do not sell your business and do not complain when you go through things that you don't agree with because you are the ones that agreed to give up control. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning here now that perhaps my perspective, this is great to hear from your side because you're talking about angles that either Cosmo wasn't bringing across or I wasn't hearing them or you know whatever the case is, but to, to me, selling the business means I just want to get the most money I can, and then that's it. I'm walking off, and away we go. But then you're talking about selling in order to grow or selling in order to align right. with somebody else that can help you achieve a vision. Yeah. And these are things that 
typically I'm not thinking about when I'm talking about selling. So it's great to get that insight. Yes. Well, all and, of that matters. And, and there's a big difference when you're not for sale, like we were in 2016, and you end up selling because we found somebody that aligned with what we wanted to do. So we were we were selling because we wanted to grow. We wanted to secure the business. It actually, a lot of people don't know this, but it actually benefited a lot of our our team team members. Um, versus when you're a minority owner and your majority owner decides to sell, you kind of have no choice. Yeah. I.e., you know, when we sold in you know 2021 here, uh, but we we're super grateful and blessed because we we align with Middleby and we're, we're super happy for that acquisition. Yeah. So there's to your point, there's a lot of different angles to it. I would say, I don't know if there's a perfect stat out there that says people sell for whatever reason. I would say people hear about. Most of the time when somebody sells for a lot of money, because that, that gets the paper that, that makes the papers. But, um, some of the best acquisitions are when you align with core values and you sell to a, you know, unaligning company that helps you grow and secure the business. Which That's is, the ideal sale. Yeah. Which is really hard to do. And we've sold twice and the dollar amount that we sold for twice is never really discussed more than it is how we did it, who we did it with, how it helped us grow, who we've met in the process. Um, you know, was it perfect with Dominus? No. Would I do it again? Yes. Have a no sale great, is perfect. <laughs> have a, no. And have I met great people? Absolutely. Still very close friends with the chairman of our board. Um, having meetings with them in the next couple of months again, even though yeah. I'm no longer CEO. Um, so if you can sell to a company that you can develop really good re relationships with, even though it may not be perfect, that's a good acquisition. You know, and, and real quick, Greg, I just want to say this because we joke about this all the time on our family. And, and honestly, uh, kind of just being blunt, honest here. This is a joke among our family because when is enough enough? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. <laughs> and I've heard him say that a hundred thousand times. Is when is enough enough? When is the next call? When is the next meeting? When is the next sale? When is the next Lowe's meeting? When is the next one to Darian? I'm I'm picking on Darian. Is 50 million enough? No, it never is. Now, can it be to you personally? Sure. But if it's never enough, it will never be enough. Right. And, and the only thing that's enough is a little bit more. So, <laughs> Middleby does, you know, really add to that. Uh, residential as you were talking about uh, aside from you and Kamado Joe they also uh, gobbled up char griller at the end of the year uh, 2021 as well so it really sure. winds out what they're offering um, you see in the press releases that uh, there's a number thrown around 385 million dollars is that like what you you and John just split that up and go your separate ways or you know how, how does that yep. how does that yep. smack you I would I would love to split that up. Let me just go on record. People who think that their third generation family members get something out of the sale. A third. Please, God, send me your lawyer. <laughs> um, if, if you had not mentioned that number, I certainly would have never told about that number. Um, it is. I mean, it is public knowledge. It, it, it is. It is public knowledge. Um, so, yeah, that that. That's one of those things that we typically, if it hadn't been in a press release, we would never talk <laughs> let about. Me, let me ask a better question but, here. So, I mean, I'm not going to just dive off of it, but I'm going to come back around sure. on it. And I don't want to assume. So, I don't want to assume that the sale puts you guys in a spot where you technically don't have to work if you didn't want to. But now that you are both free from the normal day to day stuff that comes along with running the master build business, what are you looking to do next? So that's why you need to always love what you do. do you, Greg, do you know what the perfect job is? It's the one where you uh, do what you love and it's never working a day in your life. It's the job that you love to do. Exactly. You love to do it so much. You are willing to do it for free, but you do it so well, they pay you. Yes. Um, John is 29 years old. He still needs a career. Um, he's not a trust fund baby. He, I still got, I got bills. He, to pay. He's got to work. <laughs> I drive a 1994 F two fifty. We're on an just to 
put it into perspective. Yeah. <laughs> We're on an interview with you at 1030 Eastern Standard Time because we love yeah. what we do. We love your show. We love to cook. We love to travel. Um, we just did Super Bowl for Fox and Friends. We did Daytona. We're going to do Talladega. Um, I'm not doing it for the money, although the money is fun. I'm doing it for the love of the game, and I hope and pray to God above as my Lord and Savior that I never stop loving it. Well, and and to that point, Greg, we we kind of – if I could be kind of vulnerable here for a second, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am divorced. I am divorced, but my dad was my best man in my wedding. I mean, we are, we are, we're best friends and we're also business partners. Um, I say business partners because for the longest time I have worked for him. It's actually kind of a unique relationship now because um, we're, he, we don't own master built per se as a family and we're sort of in business with each other. Uh, as much as we've ever been now. And I say that because we've sort of started this new Macklemore Boys project, uh, which is kind of a, a playoff of my dad and my Uncle Don back in the 90s and 2000s. They were the Turkey Fire Boys. And uh, we, we kind of coined – uh-oh, do I, do I got you, Greg? No, I'm just uh, – the name just – rung a bell here. Okay, just, cool. Yeah, I just making sorry. sure I still got you. Do so, you yeah. like the name? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. And and we're still coining some of the, the you know, is it the Macklemore's, the Macklemore boys? We're, we're kind of, it's a little bit new for us. I mean, this is a yeah. two and a half month project that we're still figuring out that we've been doing for, I've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. He's been doing it for 40. And uh, now that we're father and son doing this, we've got all this experience. It's kind of like, what do we do now? Yeah. To some degree. Because before this, we weren't father and son. <laughs> Shut up. When did that start? <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just, you're my son. <laughs> oh, my God. Is the bigger this shock like $385 million or the guy you're sitting next to is your son, which is the bigger shock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I would hope there's one anyway. Yeah. But uh, no, so... We're, we're super excited this kind of next venture because we have all these great contacts, you know, yourself, we, we know Darian Cosmos Q. They send us, uh, you know, free, uh, uh, rub sauces. No, not, I, was, I was going to say not rubs and spices, <laughs> but yes. Marinade. And then we know Ryan Lane and Lane's yes. uh, spices, yes. marinade. I was saying yeah. marinade. I couldn't think of the dang word, but, uh, we actually gave uh, Cosmos Q their honey jalapeno, uh, marinade. A shout out on Fox because it's a phenomenal sauce. Well, the point there is we worked probably six or seven days for four minutes on Fox. And, I mean, does it get you somewhere? Sure. Does it get us a bunch of followers on social media? And stuff? Not really. Yeah. But we freaking love doing it, man. Yeah. So We so love I, cooking. We love the whole process of doing it. We love being around family. So my my, my wife had some girlfriends. Uh, we were all watching the – a softball game this is years ago when i used to do a lot of qvc and we were doing fox and friends we were traveling doing a lot of tv and uh one of my wife's friends said what what is it like doing like qvc or or being on fox and friends without hesitation i said uh it's sort of like sex <laughs> hush <laughs> fell over i can't wait to hear bleachers. this my, I, I'm terrified. My, my <laughs> wife is one of the 15 ladies that are like all cued in on me. He's like, how is QVC and being on TV like sex? I said, it is months and months of preparation for just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Two pop chop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm getting in trouble for that one. <laughs> you know, uh, let's talk about being. Uh, I got these speechless. Let's yeah, talk about being <laughs> vulnerable here for a second, because you know I noticed okay. this the first time you guys were on, and it's even more smacking me in the face. And I'm sure you guys appreciate the fact that you guys are father and son, and you apparently like each other quite a bit, and you work together. You know, for however long. John Two's been alive twenty, you know, twenty of his twenty nine years. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a long time there as well. John, 
when you look at John too and you see how he has developed into business, grew within the master build confines, and now is going to be taking on the next challenge. What do you see for him? And then also as a father, how proud are you of what he's been able to accomplish under what has to be incredible shadows and boot fills to be in now as a, as a third generation, it's gotta be overwhelming. It, um, it kind of is. Um, I had dinner with my dad actually tonight before this interview, Dawson McNamara founded Masterville back in 1973. So I had some pretty big shoes to fill with him. He, he is my best friend as a dad. So super proud of John too. Um, looking forward to the next journey that we're going to do together. And um, I can tell you it, it, we are looking for a career for the two of us, looking for more of a career for John too, certainly on the financial side more so than me. Um, and I'm, I enjoy doing it because for the past, you know, 14 years, since he was 16 years old, coming right out of high school, starting at Masterville, um, we've always worked together. It's the only job John's ever had working at Masterville with me. It's the only job I've ever had for 49 years at Masterville, still trying to continue that legacy with the, the Masterville, you know, family brand. Um, so, yes, could not be prouder. I see the McLemore boys and what we're doing, you know, continuing that legacy. I will tell you, as long as we're having fun, as long as we're building relationships, yeah. as long as we're meeting new people, continuing relationships like you, um, I'll do it until the day I die. So couldn't be more <laughs> prouder of him and couldn't be more prouder to do it together. Uh, John, too, what's it like to be in a relationship like you have with your dad? You look at maybe a, a bunch of guys that you know. Um, I, certainly there's a bunch of guys that, I mean, I'm 20 years older than you are, but there's a lot of regret. There's a lot of people going, eh, or maybe not regret. Just, ah, my dad's a dick or I don't like hanging around or we get together <laughs> around the major holidays and it's a force to even do that. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the relationship you have with your dad and what kind of a mentor he's been for you and where he's been able to straighten you out and, and make you learn some things and yeah. maybe where you've been able to help him. I would say uh, it, it's, it's, I'm great. It's been gratefully difficult. I mean, that's the kind of God honest truth because when you're best friends with your dad and you also work for him and with him, uh, he's your biggest fan and your biggest critic. And when you're a lot like each other, um, I would say for those out there that work for their father, um, the relationship works because you, the third generation or the younger generation make it work. And I say that because a lot of the younger generations, they have too much pride. They think they know better. They know, they think they know more. And I would say it takes a lot of self-restraint sometimes because um, it, it takes time to kind of wait for your turn. Um, you know, but I, we get along great because we both respect each other and, and because we both have fun. We both love what we do. Yeah. I'm like, it, it's easier. I, I would say it's easier to, make it work when you both love what you do and we get along. So yeah. Um, advice for dads yep. who work with their sons. They are not you. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, I was not my dad. We were best friends through business, but we were very, very different business people. Yeah. He wanted to be more small. I wanted to grow um, he called me flamboyant. I said, please pick another word. <laughs> um, but um, I love my dad. Um, and for John, he I had to come to terms, Greg, that it's okay for my son not to be me. It's okay for my son not to do exactly what I did, how I did it. Yeah. And I think that's what's making us a really good team. I couldn't do things that John does and he couldn't do things that I can do. And 100%. yeah. So I think that's, what's going to make us a really good team as the McLemore boys. Um, we would have been a great team within the master built family. We decided to sell. That's okay. we got sure. a new journey going on. 
So I think for all the fathers and sons or brothers or partners that are out there, don't expect your business partner, especially your son and or daughter or family member or family member to be you. Let them be their own person, develop who they are and be an asset to what you're trying to grow because because if you try to make them who you are, you're both not well, necessary. And I, and I can speak towards your relationship with my uncle, Uncle Don. Y'all were, I mean, y'all were best friends. Y'all never had an argument in 15 years of owning a business 50-50, but very different skill sets. Yeah. And what made it work was not just they respected each other, but they were understanding of their, their skill sets. Yeah. And the we worked together, even on a small scale, uh, we worked be, because we understand our, 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 our skill sets. I... Had the call with you, Greg, to set up the mic, right? Oh, that's a microphone? Yeah. And <laughs> I'm the technology. I'm the younger generation, right? And and Dad, to be honest, greatest salesman this, this planet's ever seen. If we want to land an account, you send this guy. That's I, I, I'm a good salesman, but I probably don't have quite that you know, tenacity on that side of it, but I have a different skill set. So we balance each other out. In a lot of ways, and I think it works because we understand that we don't try to force it upon each other. Yeah, I agree with that. So, as the Macklemore boys, you are happy to represent Masterbuilt, but you're not under a similar obligation as you would be as owners and media folk and all that Correct. stuff. Um, you know, being invested in a day to day. So, can Correct. somebody just contact you and say, "Hey, we'd love to put something together outside of uh, Masterbuilt Cookers" or you know, what does that look yeah. like opportunity wise for you? So, well, I, I mean, we we're it, it's got to be within the Middleby umbrella. If it's, you know, obviously anything to do with uh, with grills or smokers or turkey fryers, we're going to stay within the <laughs> the protection of those brands. But if it's outside of that, absolutely yeah. call us. We're, yeah, I mean, like, for example, we do we don't have a partnership per se with, say, Cosmos Q or or Lane's Barbecue Ryan Lane out there. Um, you know, but we, they, we, we exchange, you know, product together. Um, but for that example, we don't sell a spice, we don't sell a sauce, you know, so in that kind of environment, you know, definitely we're, we're open for contact, but in that case, uh, you can reach us, obviously our personal Instagram or Facebook, John McLemore and, or Mr. I'm Mr. McLemore too. And he's, you know, John McLemore, but our McLemore boys is the McLemore boys on all social channels. You can call me on my beeper or check me out on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) My Lord. Check me out on MySpace. Wow. You and you and Tim, the guy that founded it are are still the only guys checking MySpace. I love it. Um, so yes. look, here we have John and John two or John and John McLemore. Uh, the McLemore boys is the website, the McLemoreboys.com, uh, or you can check them out on Instagram as well. Like they just said for opportunities, if you're looking to get with these guys, a lot of experience, uh, in many sure. different fashions and uh, facets. So uh, guys, I really appreciate the conversation tonight. A lot of deep digging here that you certainly didn't have to. Uh, bear as much as you did, but I certainly appreciate that. And uh, what I found here in the first quarter of 2022, uh, this isn't a a business podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but man, we've had some big captains of industry here in the first three months that has turned the Barbecue Central show into the Barbecue Central business show. And I'm just very appreciative (laughs) that you are uh, free to to share the info and uh, continued success. When you're ready to promote whatever it is you got going on, please feel free to get in contact so we can do it again. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. You, Greg, you have us on any time, man. We'll we'll come on on a weekly basis, monthly basis, or every two years. How, yeah. I, you know, whatever you whatever want whatever right fits, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, picking we, on we do, just picking on you. Yeah, we do appreciate you and congratulations on your success, man. You've been killing it. Uh, I appreciate it. All right, guys. So. Well, uh, have a great night, and thanks again for coming on. We'll talk soon. Right. Roll. See ya. There they are, the Macklemore boys. MacklemoreBoys.com. That's M C L E M O R E, MacklemoreBoys.com. And man, what a great, uh, great conversation. And, you know, I guess what I really appreciate, or I guess what I hope to shine a light on right at the very end there is a unique partnership, a unique family dynamic that's going on there that, you know, maybe in a lot of instances would have been really great to have for a year or two, but can you? sustain that for years uh, which turn into decades and you hear 
John talk about his dad finding the business or being the founder of the business and then him working all his professional life through there and having a great relationship with his dad and then obviously attaining a great relationship with his son and bringing him through there until they've now now eventually sold. But man, that's great stuff and hopefully you enjoyed that as well. And that brings us to the end of the show, just like that. All the way back in the first hour, we had Meathead, AmazingRibs.com, talking about pastrami, talking about corned beef and how you could do that. Still a little bit of time if you want to try and doing your own with a brisket, but time is running short, so don't wait too long. AmazingRibs.com for all the information over there and how to make a Reuben sandwich if you don't know how to do that. After a Meathead, we talked with Robert Moss, RobertFMoss.com, his website, and how the return to festivals is coming in the barbecue and grilling world. We also talked about how it was kind of funny that the Texas Monthly Festival is going to be taking place in Lockhart, and there was not one top 50 from Lockhart. Second hour, John and John McLemore, or John McLemore and John 2 McLemore. The McLemoreBoys.com, their website, if you want to get at them and seek some partnership or spokesperson opportunities. Uh, these would have to do outside of the live fire cooker aspect, as they had mentioned there at the end. But if you're interested in seeing what they might have going on, or if you have questions about business, or you're in a similar setup and you would like to improve the dynamic that you have, it appears that John McLemore is more than willing to talk and reach, reach out. So that's great. Great resource for you. And we'll look to have them on again a little sooner than 2024. If we can say it like that. Big show planned for you next week. Stephen Reichlin is coming aboard. We also have three other guests that I... Oh, Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority will be making a reappearance as well as two other guests. So, big show planned for you. So, how do I leave you each and every week? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now. This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central.